Hello, nerds. Welcome back to Batman University, uh, the podcast where we cover Batman the Animated Series episode by episode, but not, you know, like in anything like like an order, uh, but where uh, I, Tony Sindler, uh, invite a guest on to talk about a Batman Animated Series episode that I have not already talked about. Maybe it's their favorite episode, maybe it's what they think is the best episode, or maybe they just think it's a weird, wacky episode that needs to get talked about. Thanks, Guy English. Um, but that's what we do here. Uh, my guest today, uh, you might know her from the uh, Babylon 5 audio guide or from many appearances across the Incomparable Network. It's Shannon Sutterth. Hi, Shannon. Hi. Hola, freakies. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, so, Shannon, you were on uh, the, the Incomparable 296 way back when, when we talked about Batman. Yes. Um, but you're back to talk more about Batman, because I, I infer that Batman is, uh, I don't know if he's an important part of your life, but at least the Batman animated series is a show that you you appreciate. Is that uh, fair that, to say? That would be very fair to say. Um, yeah, my, my history with Batman runs a little bit weird. Um, I grew up ro- watching um, reruns of um, the Adam West show. Um, and then Super Friends. So for the longest time, my <laughs> vision of Batman was not the comics Batman, but the the, the candy-colored, humorous, silly version mm-hmm. from those shows. Um, and then um, a couple years after it came out, uh, I wound up uh, reading The Dark Knight Returns, the Frank Miller trade mm-hmm. paperback. I'm not sure exactly who put I don't remember who put it in my hands, but I read it and was like, this is different. <laughs> This is this is not what I remember. This is different. And not long after that, the Michael Keaton movies hit. Again, mm-hmm. presenting a much more, not tra- I guess traditional is the right word, but the more grim, gritty, mm-hmm. uh, cru- Cape Crusader version of Batman. I don't. I don't even know if traditional is the right word. I mean, there's so many different versions of Batman um, over over the the years, and like he's been in so many different media that's like. I don't know. I think, you know, Batman Batman is different things to different people, right? Uh, I am not a fan of the Adam West Batman. I can't really deal with it. But, like, <laughs> to a lot of people, that's, like, that's a big entry point, a big uh, big place to experience Batman, right? Yeah. So, you know. I mean, at the time, you know, six, seven, eight years old, it worked great for me. Yeah. <laughs> at the time. You know, going back today, I'd probably need alcohol. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I, I live in a city. I see lo- lots of people walking around. I see lots of nerds wearing uh, Batman shirts. And it's like, mm-hmm. did all these nerds read Batman comics? I, I don't know. Maybe they did. Or maybe it's just, you know, Batman is a pretty major pop culture figure. You know, he, he exists in a lot of cartoons and video yep. games and non non just uh, comic forms. And, you know, I think that's that's fine. I'm not here to be like those. Those are those nerds aren't real nerds because they're not reading comics. Uh, I mean, it's different nerds. I mean, the Batman animated series is like my big uh, entry point into um, Batman, uh, and even actually there was there was uh, a pretty short lived series of comics specifically uh, based on the Batman animated series that was yes. like that was one of the comic I read that, and I read Ninja Turtles when I uh, the Archie Ninja Turtles, which are like very cartoony and kid friendly when I was a kid, right? Um, yep. I, I I wasn't read I I recall reading a few um, of the I guess actual batman batman comics uh when i was a kid and they were kind of not very kid friendly uh mm-hmm. and there, it was also like was the this would have been the very very early 90s and the aesthetic in comics was um was very weird <laughs> So, you know, you know, I remember there was like a, you know, there was the the comic shop where I would buy comics had like a, like a giant life size poster of like uh, Catgirl, uh, Catwoman in her current outfit, which was like 
hyper hyper sexualized and all uh-huh. like her like her outfit was all like torn up and things like that and i i don't know if lobo had just appeared in superman but it, he was like really big as this like <laughs> ridiculous renegade bad boy uh, mm-hmm. uh who i just i can't take him seriously so that that era in comics is uh uh doesn't sit well with me having, having lived I, through yeah, it I, I can believe it yeah um but yeah as you said you know that the, the animated series was your gateway into Batman. I, for me, it's sort of like the crown jewel, since it's sort of like the last thing I came to was the Bruce Tim Paul Dini universe of mm-hmm. animation, starting with the Batman, the animated series, as they kept going into Superman and Justice League and Batman Beyond. I kept watching because yep. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and certainly rewatching uh, episodes of the animated series never gets old. Yeah. They're, they're just that darn good. They're pretty classic. Um, yes. I mean, I just finished a rewatch of them recently, and it's you know there's some that are better than others, definitely. Oh, yeah. and those are those are the ones we talk about here on this podcast. Um, but it, I think it holds up uh, amazingly well, and and I love the the visual aesthetic, and uh, yes. it's just it's good storytelling. So um, why don't we dive into the episode uh, that we're going to talk about uh, for this podcast. Uh, Shannon, you picked the episode uh, Perchance to Dream. Uh, So listeners, here's your kind of spoiler-free overview of it. Bruce Wayne wakes up in a world where he is not Batman. Ooh. So check that out. Uh, this is this is a great episode, and I actually feel like legitimately guilty that I don't think I I did not mention this episode at all in Incomparable Two Ninety Six when we talked about <laughs> the, the best episodes. And like this was just I was I don't know somehow it was not on my radar because uh, this is this is a great episode. It's a lot of people's favorite uh, Batman mm-hmm. animated series episode, including the voice actor for Batman, Kevin Conroy. Yep. Uh, so I. I'm foolish, but thankfully well, I started a podcast where smart people come on and tell me which episodes I overlooked. So, yeah. no, I, I think at the time you were you were also your list. You were also thinking of hitting not only highlights of Batman, but you know the different iconic villains and and key points. So you know, I, and this is as as strong an episode as this is. It's also kind of a quiet episode mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So I think it, it can be easy for people who haven't seen the show in a while to forget um, that this happened. I mean, it's, you know, the villain turns out, oh, wait, are we spoiler? Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Go for it. Okay. So people have been warned. Um, You've been warned. So the, the villain turns out to be the Mad Hatter, who is, you know, not the most strong of Batman villains as far as Batman villains go, although he's a personal favorite of mine because I'm an Alice in Wonderland fan. Plot, of course, doesn't have a huge amount of action or, um, you know, a crime to be solved, that sort of thing. So I, like I said, this, this is kind of a quiet episode, but there's so much in here that it always gets me. I wound up uh, in prepping for the podcast. I wound up rewatching it a couple of times very recently, uh, first to decide if I wanted to do this one or another one, and then again to start taking my notes. And there's just so much potential in this story uh, that I think makes it stand out. Yeah, it's 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 a big uh, kind of deviation from the form of a lot of episodes, mm-hmm. uh, but that's part of what makes it so amazing. I mean, I think probably a big part of why I overlooked it is the the episodes that really stick with me. I mean, there's a lot of Batman the Anime Series episodes that are basically kind of origin stories of mm-hmm. of his different villains, uh, and you know that can be a little repetitive. I like there are a lot of villains that were kind of reimagined for the series so it's their mm-hmm. t- it's the, the the take on them or at least the take on the visual design of them uh and that's interesting uh 
But this episode really breaks away from that, uh, where we, we do, I mean, the Mad Hatter is the villain, but this episode is not really about him. Exactly. Uh, it, it's, it's like Bruce Wayne grappling with like who he is, uh, yeah. figuratively. And I guess later somewhat literally, um, yeah, I don't know. Kinda. Is it literal? He's in a dream. I don't know. Um, so his it and his ego yes. going at it mano a mano. <laughs> So I don't know, do you want to go through the episode kind of uh, scene by scene, or do you want to jump to specific parts that really stand out to you? Um, either way, um, my sort of, um, one of the reasons I love this episode um, and is because of the fact that something like this can exist. Uh, they were able, with the animated series, to take their time to get into uh, character bits, to get into um, things that might happen um, between Batman and a particular villain or between Batman and Robin or Batman and Alfred. Um, they had the luxury of time in a way that I don't think they would have had in the comics. Mm -hmm. um, the comics, there's always this, <sighs> for most superhero comics, my impression is there's always this drive that you've got to get the action in. There's got to be something to appeal to the superhero notion. The animated mm -hmm. series, they were very smart. And did not make that the end all and be all of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really appreciate it that it gave the time for them to do an episode like this that really delves into uh, the character of Batman, the character of Bruce Wayne, in a way that I personally have not seen before. Yeah, th this, I mean, this, this episode definitely has uh, a couple action set pieces, but maybe a little kind of scaled back, uh, restrained compared to other mm -hmm. episodes. Uh, and it definitely, there's a lot of uh, people talking to each other uh, and playing off of relationships and how they're different or weird or unsettling in this dream dream that he's having uh, that, you know, I mean, that relies on you uh, having seen this, the show and, and knowing uh, what people's relationships are like or what their view of the world is like and how that's uh, different yeah. in this one. Um, but it's definitely, you know, if, if you think about this as a, if this would have been translated to a comic, there would be a lot of like people, you know, panels of people talking to each other yeah. and a lot of comics, a lot of superhero comics, you know, I think they've gotten better in the last couple of decades, but for a long time, I mean, it was like art was what drove comics and it was, mm -hmm you know uh anatomically highly detailed uh superheroes punching each other was like that was what was right. uh pushing comics and story was secondary uh for for a long time in a lot of comics and you know like you, you flip through some comics and like yeah it shows like you know mm -hmm. i mean i think there are even some famous superhero titles where people like have kind of admitted that like they did the art and filled in the story later which is like crazy to think about now <laughs> um but like you know when you, you try and sit through some of those stories and like yeah i guess no nah, yeah. they didn't have much of a plan here uh so like yeah this this would probably not fit well into that mold uh, because it is a lot of, of characters talking to each other and, and revealing uh, w kind of what they're thinking and what's going on. Um, but it works because it's so well done. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it, this may not be the flashiest episode. Maybe this may, you know, I, I think we can appreciate this episode. Maybe it would be not as enjoyable uh, to, you know, kids mm -hmm. uh, as some of the other more action-packed ones. But uh, I think it's great. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, I, and I guess it depends on the kids somewhat. but. Um... Just the notion of, you know, the, the whole notion of the, the premise of the episode, as you said, uh, Bruce Wayne wakes up, there's like this little intro piece where Batman's chasing a couple of villains and it, it's shown that clearly something has happened and he's been knocked unconscious or captured, something's gone on. But then when he wakes up, he is in this world that um, seems to be perfect. His parents are alive. 
He's engaged to Selena Kyle, the alter ego of Catwoman. Uh, he's apparently in charge of Wayne Enterprises, and everything but it's not is too, But it's not too hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have more to say about that in a little bit. But, um, but the fact that he knows this is wrong, you know, kids, I mean, you know, kids can relate, you know, kids who have had, you know, something, you know, big or small in their lives that disturbed them or bothered them or was traumatic or very bad, you know, can relate to the idea of what if, what if I could have the life, my life the way I want it? But then, you know, we see Batman knows this is not the right, this is not right. This, this, things are wrong. You know, what is this, even though there is a Batman in this world that he's woken up in, um, that we see um, doing a, you know, a little bit of heroics and acrobatics, nothing huge, just capturing some uh, jewel thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, kids can relate to, you know, his drive to figure out this isn't right, what's going on. So he's still solving a mystery, which, you know, is classic Batman. He solves the mystery, he deduces, he thinks, and tries to figure it out. Um, so I, I think depending on, depending on the kid, you know, a lot of kids would probably still appreciate this. And, of course, we do have towards later on, you know, we, we have some action. It, the, the whole extended sequence where, because uh, it does, they do build kind of the mystery pretty slowly right mm-hmm. uh you know he he wakes up and he has this awkward conversation with alfred and then his parents yep. are there and he's freaking out and, and his dad I think makes then, a dad joke and yes <laughs> uh and then i think he I believe he has the second conversation with alfred where he basically asks alfred to humor him and explain his life to him yeah uh, and then he's at his job doing nothing uh mm-hmm. and selena shows up and even just the way they have selena uh interacting uh with yeah. her um is is you know it's very different from how we see her uh in the in the kind of the real world as it was yeah um, th- this is this is just the the flirty trophy girlfriend yeah pretty much yeah she it's not not really clear what her life is like other than to be there to make his life happy i guess mm-hmm. so i guess that's how that dream world works um yeah and uh he freaks out when he sees batman and he goes and visits uh Leslie Thompson, who's a reoccurring character mm-hmm. uh, in the Batman animated series, she pops up a couple times, and she's kind of mainly significant as uh, basic, basically kind of the only people other than uh, Robin and Alfred who know uh, Batman's identity, right. um, because she's from his uh, kind of from his childhood and family friend. Mm-hmm. And he talks to her, and she gives this like very kind of explicit breakdown of like uh why you're why you're grappling with this and how you relate to Batman that I think is also some pretty good kind of commentary mm-hmm. uh in the in the show as a, as a whole in terms of what the relationship between Batman and Bruce Wayne is and that like they need each other mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne can't just be a millionaire playboy all day he like that's that's not going to work uh, right. he 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 needs the drive and the uh the accomplishments of Batman to feel like a complete person um mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was pretty well done, and that was neat that they because that's not something they they grapple with too much in the the Batman animated series right. version of Batman. Um, he's kind of, in some ways, the uh, he's much more uh, mentally uh, well well balanced than other versions of Batman that are mm-hmm. you know a little little grimmer and grittier and uh, a little more unhinged. Um, yeah. So, and then of course we have you know after her explanation, uh, Bruce Wayne is like, you know what? You know, this is going to be great. You know, that I, I yeah, zippity doo dah. You know, that I know what's going on now. I know what's wrong with me. And he, you know, goes back home and he starts planning a night out with his parents and his fiance. And then 
He picks up the paper. That I uh, that's read it. Yeah, that scene has really stuck with me from seeing it as a kid when he looks at the paper and it's all it's all jumbled and then he's pulling the books off of the right. bookshelves. Uh, it is, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, having a library when you're stuck in a dream is, is real yeah. rough. So. And that that's actually, that's my one single quibble with this story um, is I find it hard to believe that this was the first time he'd looked at something written all day long. If he had gone to the office, you know, if Alfred had driven him in, he, I would have think he would have noticed street signs. Uh, so I did. Later on, there's like a, a landmark uh, mm-hmm. with, letters carved over it and the letters are jumbled again so that's my one quibble that it took that long for him to look at something on paper but that's yeah. just me there is if you uh, i watched this episode again closely uh-huh. uh and they do i i think there are a couple places where they don't have the letters jumbled okay. but there are i mean there's not a lot of text but other right. places where they do have the text it is jumbled so like the jewelry store i don't okay. know if we just say jewelry or something but it's just like you know random letters and, okay. and a couple I, places I, like that after that occurred to me i wanted to go back and look again but i didn't have time then there are other places where they forgot to do it. Like he runs past the thing that says Wayne Enterprises and it just yeah. says like Wayne Enterprises in all caps. And it's yeah. like, oh, maybe, it, maybe it doesn't <laughs> count because it's a logo. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. um, when is it text and when is it a symbol? Um, yep. so, uh, but yeah, you know, I guess his, his life is so ideal. Like he's just sitting at a desk with nothing to do. He doesn't have to read anything. He doesn't get any emails. Uh, everything's great. Yeah, so. apparently. <laughs> apparently. Um, and so he has this uh, kind of he has a breakdown, uh, and that's when this is I guess when the kind of the action of the episode mm-hmm. starts to pick up. Um, uh, and I like that he goes to the store and buys flares um, and and so. a grappling hook and a rope. Yes. <laughs> yep, as you do. Um, and the cops show up um, and they question him. And he, he for me, this was a line I laughed at where it's like the cops are like, "We need you to come with you, come with us." Their parents are worried, uh, and he says, "Very well." But not right now. It, like, runs away. Yep. Um, and he doesn't get into his convertible and drive away. He's like, no, I'm going to run away. I'm going to run through some alleys, scale a building. Yep. Because uh, I'm Batman. That's how I get away from cops. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> the chase winds up, of course, in, you know, the cemetery. And, of course, as, as, as you do in dreams, the weather has shifted and the storm is coming and there's lightning and rain starting. And he's still going to scale this tower in the middle of this cemetery, uh, I guess, you know, abandoned church or something, and starts, you know, yelling out that, you know, he knows this is wrong, everything is wrong, and I know you're responsible. And the you he's addressing at the moment appears to be Batman, who shows up, cape and cowl, um, ready to um, try to talk him down, and then Bruce isn't having any any of it, and uh, the fist fight starts. And you see see him holding his own. Yeah, I, I, you know, again, extremely memorable with him kind of screaming at the the night sky and the, mm-hmm. the the thunderstorm, and then and him and him, you know, yelling at Batman, and then they they have the fight and just the you know kind of disconcerting image of like Bruce Wayne and Batman grappling and fighting yep. uh, is you know is quite striking. They fight for a little while. We have our, our requisite action sequence, uh, and then he uh, he he basically kind of pins him and pulls off his mask. Uh, cause if, if he's not Batman, who is Batman? Right. And we get the big reveal 
than it is the Mad Hatter, uh, which is kind of unsettling looking because the Mad Hatter's like face doesn't totally like doesn't really match the physique of Batman. Yep. Um, <laughs> which for added extra discomfort, uh, and they have uh, kind of a, a lengthy discussion about the the nature of this dream and how it's like this is not even the Mad Hatter so much as a manifestation of the Mad Hatter within his own dream. Right. Uh, we, we have the nice little dream logic there to make it clear that. That the real Mad Hatter cannot see what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So the Mad Hatter doesn't know that Batman is uh, is Bruce Wayne, but the 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 Mad Hatter within this dream has figured it out, uh, mm-hmm. or or knows it because he knows it. Um. Yeah. Uh. So they they fight. Um. And and then we have the kind of kind of dark, uh, unsettling uh point where Bruce Wayne realizes that the only way to kind of defeat the dream mm-hmm. uh, is leaping to his own depth. From the top of the tower. Yes, dream logic. Um, you can't kill yourself in a dream. So, uh, always I, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's canonical dream logic. That seems scary. I wouldn't do that. Um, but I have right. not been trapped in a dream yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And and he awakens in the Mad Hatter's kind of uh, headquarters laboratory and very quickly dispatches with them. It's, you know, at this point, it's, it's you know. Mad Hatter is the villain in this episode, but the Mad Hatter is in this episode for like a matter of minutes, right? Um, yeah, and it's and not he, like he's being all that, all that villainous. You know, Batman is you know furiously demanding, "Why did you do it?" And the Mad Hatter's response is, "You ruined my life. I wanted you out of my life, but instead of trying to kill him, he just decides to give him, uh, put him in this machine that will give him dreams of exactly how he wanted his life to be." So, you know, here, yeah. I will give you this perfect dream if you will, like, stay away from me. Very strange. Yeah. Um, but 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 haunting, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess that, that gets to kind of the big question. And so he has this machine that is supposed to give uh, you whatever you want, uh, but that didn't work on Batman um, mm-hmm. slash, slash Bruce Wayne. Uh, and, I, and I guess the question is, you know... Uh, so why is that? Because uh, it because it seems like the machine thinks that what he wants is to not be Batman, mm-hmm. uh, but clearly, uh, it seems like he does want to be that. Um, and I, I guess it's that, it, it, I think the the phrase is that his will is too strong to accept mm-hmm. what he knows is not true. Yeah, that he never loses his grip on what what it ought to be. Yeah. So I mean, it seems like it does suggest basically at some level maybe Bruce Wayne doesn't want to be Batman and wishes he had a regular life and wishes he wasn't like, you know, up all night and sleeping all day and destroying himself physically. Yeah. Uh, so that's but... one of the things that fascinates me about this episode is the way it really brings forward, you know, that, you know, you essentially have these two personalities in this one person and what do they think about each other? How do they manage to survive each other? Uh, you know, on one hand, it sort of feels like, uh, Bruce blames Batman for ruining his life. Um, he can never enjoy a normal life because he cannot. Ba- Batman is always going to force him on this crusade. And then, especially in this episode, we get some really blatant hits that hints that Batman um, doesn't think a whole lot of his Bruce Wayne persona. I mean, you know, yeah. Alfred pretty much flat out says, you know, you don't do any work. Lucius Fox runs the business, and that's okay. <laughs> Uh, you know the <laughs> little little rough uh, little, some yeah, you know maybe it, maybe too too honest yeah, Alfred it's, it's ease, ease him into the that line, Batman um believes that you know Bruce Wayne is nothing more than this playboy mask and that there's mm-hmm. nothing underneath and the show doesn't give us that I mean Bruce Wayne is a strong character in the animated series as a whole uh being a responsible corporatist um 
doing a lot of charity work, doing a lot of good things. There's a huge opportunity for that character to be just as solid a character. But in this particular episode, they're literally and mentally battling it out. Yeah, I, th- definitely. There are different versions kind of of what that relationship is like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, the Chris Nolan movies, uh, that version of Bruce Wayne is he's Bruce Wayne is the mask. Right. And mm-hmm. he is like pretending to be a fake, uh, empty, uh, rich playboy because that's just a cover. Uh, right. But the Batman animated series presents a kind of more, I guess, I don't know, balanced, nuanced version of mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne Batman where, you know, they are both trying to save Gotham and they right. just have different tools that they can use, right? And he's, yeah. you know, both are important. Um, but yeah, and, and it is interesting to think that, uh, you know, Alfred is himself telling him that, like, you know, your life as Bruce Wayne is somewhat meaningless. And, mm-hmm. and then the even kind of harsher uh, talk from Leslie Thompson uh, where she basically says, like, yeah, you haven't accomplished anything in life, and that's rough because Batman is all about accomplishment, and you've just been handed everything. Right. Uh, so so at some level, that is how Bruce Wayne feels about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's that's rough. <laughs> yeah. And beyond the writing um, and the lines, uh, you know, there's all these lovely snarky bits or uh, lines that re- reference dreams um, when Bruce supposedly accepts that this is reality and he goes to alfred and makes a joke with alfred and alfred's like it's good to see you in good humor again and and bruce is like well my life is a dream (laughs) yeah you're about to find out that it is um but also um the voice acting um the way kevin conroy plays this is you know whether it's andre romano's directing or or his choice, but he shifts between his Batman voice and his Bruce voice so subtly mm-hmm. every time within that dream that he's deducing, that he's shifted into trying to piece out the puzzle, the Batman voice comes out. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. I mean, I can understand why Conroy thought it was his favorite episode because it had to be one of his biggest challenges. And yeah. He, and he did it. It's kind of surprising to me because, you know, it's great that Kevin Conroy has been Batman across all this media, right? Because he's in mm-hmm. the Batman animated series and the new Batman Adventures and Justice League and uh, and in a bunch of video games and things like that. Yeah. What's kind of surprising to me is like in Justice League uh, and even the, the new Batman Adventures, which is kind of the last season of Batman and animated series, uh, he... He stopped. He, I, I presume that he, under direction, uh, his the Batman voice changes a little bit, mm. and he just uses the same voice for mm. Batman and Bruce Wayne, um, which I, I don't know. I, 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 I maybe it's just because uh, the the choice of what they do in the early episodes and how much I like those episodes, uh, such as this one where where Bruce Wayne and Batman have uh, distinct voices. Right. Uh, it, I, I miss that. I think it's sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and Conroy also have... gets to do um, a third voice. He gets to be Thomas Wayne, Bruce's dad. Yes. Um, and then there's also um, the other guest voice actress, uh, Adrian Barbeau, who's both. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not the not the other. There's also Diana Muldar doing Leslie Tompkins, but um, Adrian Barbeau is uh, Selena Kyle, and also um, Martha Wayne, Bruce's mother. Yeah. So they. I wish. They had had, I mean, maybe they were concerned because they didn't have like a specific voice actor for her. Uh, It it probably would have been, I think it could have been nice to get a little bit more uh, with the parents, especially, I mean, uh, her mother, his mother has very little dialogue in this. um, And that may just be, you know, the economics of what you can do in uh, a 22 minute episode with uh, a limited cast of voice actors. Mm -hmm. Uh, But especially because like, we don't get to see, like, they're not characters. They are, they're defined by their absence in the rest of the series. Right. Um, 
you know, you, you could have kind of imagined Bruce wanting to like sit down and have a conversation with them. And, and that doesn't totally happen. Um, yeah. But that, that's like the one, you know, I, I think this is a, an amazing episode. Uh, I can always find things to quibble about or oh, that yeah. I would have been like, you know, they could have done more if it was, you know, 10 minutes longer, but it can't be. Uh, right. and, and, and it's great. Um, I, I think it does a lot with, um, you know, there's a lot of, of Batman uh, that, you know, as a kid, I was totally oblivious to all the, the film noir themes, but like uh-huh. the, the, seeing them as, uh, again, as an adult and having uh, seen some of those films in between, like this one really hits a lot of that home, uh, you know, that, that the fight in the, uh, um, in, in the, the spire of the cathedral mm-hmm. feels like, a, like something out of maybe out of vertigo or something like that. Yep. Uh, and even the last line of the episode is a quote, uh, from, uh, the Maltese Falcon, which definitely I was totally oblivious to as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think I only p- picked up on when I watched it this last time, I was like, Hey, is that, that's him doing Humphrey Bogart. Right. And it's, and I looked up and it's like, yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> So, you know, it's, yeah, this is a really strong, really strong episode. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Total props to, um, I think this was a partnership team, uh, Lisa Brighton, Michael Reeves, that um, came up with a story, but then um, John Lansdale, uh, Joe Lansdale did the uh, teleplay for it. Um, and he's a, if I remember correctly, a fairly well-known horror writer. So, um so I can see where there's, you know, some touches here and there that lend themselves to this story and um, make it more intense. I also thought there were some neat bits with um, the artistic style, the especially the first time we see the Batman in the dream sequence. Um, he's not quite the same Batman that we're used to. He's a touch cartoonier, a, a touch mm-hmm. um, less angular than uh than our batman and his moves of course are more what i would think of as like you know classic superhero um with uh, a lot of extra twirls there's a lot of extra action or movement which we don't see as much of in the real batman's fighting style which is very economical and to the point yeah it feels kind of performative yeah Um, which i think helps enhance the the dreamlike quality of um of the world that uh, Bruce has found himself trapped in. Even just, I, I, it's a little, uns- I mean, there's the unsettling. It's Bruce Wayne watching out his office window as Batman swings by. That's yep. unsettling. But I think it was, there was some, like a, even a little bit of element of like Batman swinging by in the middle of the day. Yeah. Uh, felt very weird. And there, I'm sure that that happens uh, throughout the Batman anime series, but it's certainly, it is unusual that we do not like so many of the episodes are just set, are set in the night. Um, it's that there's, it's, it's weird seeing him in the broad daylight. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you know, a couple other things, the sort of, the sort of hapless nature of the, the jewel thieves. I mean, you know, the one of them, the bag breaks and all of the pearls spill out just in time for the other one to lose his footing and, you know, slip like he's on a banana peel. Um, mm-hmm. all of those classic little bits. It just, like I said, it sort of enhances the idea that this is not the real Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of a little extra cartoonish and uh, and for the amusement of. I mean, it's also it's you know, it's this thing that happens in broad daylight on the street for all these people to witness and observe, right? Yeah, um, and then and and then Batman and then Bruce himself is just kind of like, I can't remember the line at the moment, no, but it's something to the effect of is you know, is that really what he looks like? Is the implication is is that what I really look like when I do this? <laughs> Um, something like that. I can't remember at the moment. 
And so I guess, I mean, is, there's that idea. Is that, is that what Bruce Wayne thinks of himself as? Is that, mm-hmm. you know, he uh, is kind of more dramatic, more theatrical. His the people he's taking down are kind of more buffoonish. Yeah. Uh, great insight. Yeah. I, it, it is very weird because I, I think I definitely, I mean, I've seen this episode several times, but only now kind of thinking about it. Like, what does each thing, each little piece of this tell you about how? Bruce Wayne views himself uh, and his, his relationship to the world. You get this. You get a lot about uh, the nature of Bruce Wayne in this episode, probably more than like the rest of the series combined. Yeah. Because um, those other scenes are so few, few and far between, uh, where he kind of grapples with the nature of, uh, you know, what it, what it means to fight crime, and you know, mm-hmm. and it usually it, it takes some kind of traumatic event, right? Someone getting hurt or yeah. uh, nearly dying, and then, and then he, he takes the time to think about like, is this what I want to be doing? I think there's one of the in the main series. There's the time where uh, uh, probably one of the darkest episodes is when there's a time where like Commissioner Gordon gets like shot up by a gangster, mm-hmm. and he he has his whole kind of like crisis of of faith of like, why right. am I doing this? Um, but there's not a lot of that in the Batman animated series. Usually everything goes great and he's hyper competent and he takes people down and, you know, he gets challenged and he overcomes the challenge and, and everything's great and nobody learns anything. So right. <laughs> no reflection, no learning, <laughs> just victory. But yeah, it's a, it's a personal favorite because I, I love it when the show does take a little bit of time to really get into the characters. Um, one of the, a couple of the other episodes I thought about when, um, when proposing uh, which one I was going to pick, uh, of course, Robin's Reckoning is a big favorite of mine because we get the the Robin origin story, but also a really detailed character study of uh, Robin, Dick Grayson, where he comes from. And of course, you know, Batman's feelings about him that, you know, he tries um, to protect him from uh, the person who killed Dick Grayson's family when he was a kid. Um, another one I was interested in possibly doing was uh, Blind as a Bat. What happens oh, when... Yeah. Um, when Batman temporarily loses his sight and he can't stop. He cannot stop trying to fight crime just because he can no longer see. How the heck does he deal with that? Uh, I love that the show takes the opportunity to explore different kinds of challenges. You know, not just this, not specific, um, the villain has broken out of Arkham again and has done (laughs) something again that threatens the city again, so please come save us again that the animated series finds opportunities to really explore um, as many of these characters as they can. And it's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Those are great choices uh, for episodes. Uh, Robin's Reckoning is, is great. That was almost on my list. And I, and I really like uh, <laughs> uh, Blind as a Bat. Yeah. Um, it's a great. I mean, I, the, the visuals of that always, there's so many of these episodes that are just so uh, visually memorable mm-hmm. that like, they've like stuck with me uh, from things I've seen as a kid. And I'll, I'll never forget from Blind as a Bat. There's like the, like, uh, many shots that are like from Batman's perspective, like through this, uh, he has this kind of, I don't know, sonar based goggles right. that he's wearing that are like, like I believe physically wired into his brain, which is yeah. that's, you know, I guess Alfred's really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so slash uh, they bar- borrowed some great technology from the, the science good enough to be magic. <laughs> yeah. Since, since they don't uh, really do magic in this universe. Like you, you, like you and yeah. Lisa were talking about back in the Zatanna episode. Yeah. Uh, science is just as good a lot of the times, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, those those point of view uh, shots from Batman's perspective uh, during the fight scenes are uh, definitely really stuck with me, uh, and it felt very different from something you'd see in in a lot of other animation. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, 
Uh, well, Shannon, this was great. Uh, great choice of an episode. Uh, I think this is probably like the one that I most regret not, not covering <laughs> earlier. So thank you for, for coming on and, uh, and correcting the record. You are uh, very welcome. This, this is an amazing episode and it's definitely one uh, everybody should check out. Um, you know, I think it's just, it's great. And this is, you know, for those of you who, are, if you watch the 10 that we talked about in the uh, Incomparable 296 and you've watched the ones we talked about so far in Batman University, this is a good one to watch after you've built up. Uh, so th- though it probably should have been in the top 10, uh, <laughs> you'll benefit from uh, having uh, an established uh, toehold in the Batman animated universe now. So mm-hmm. this is a great one to check out. So thank you so much for uh, for joining uh, me here at Batman University, Shannon. And I'm sure I'll see you on future podcasts. Uh, you are quite welcome. Uh, loved it and yes I'm sure we'll be talking to each other again sometime in the near future In the next episode of Batman University, James Thompson and I discuss the classic episode, Mad Love.